Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Reinsurance Podcast. I am your co-host, Jared Lee. And I'm Ben Rose. And we, oh, sorry, you wanted to say hello first. Go on. <laughs> I want to say hello. Say hello. I, I don't get to see you in person that often, so I feel I always have to say hello. Well, hello, Jared. And it's not just me that you get to say hello to today. It's true. Because we have a special guest. We do. We have Mark Bennett, who is VP of Global Business Development for Accord. Welcome, Mark. Welcome, Mark. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be on board. Yeah. Excited to have you here. And today's subject is one in which you are a distinguished expert, which is Accord itself. Uh, so I don't know whether that's a good place to start. Could you just give us an idea of what is Accord? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll be careful with the expert phrase. But yeah, so four years with the organization now. So who are Accord? So Accord are a industry owned organization focusing on creating a global set of standards for the insurance and reinsurance market to place an insurance risk, to move money, to move claims information, regardless of its class of business, from property and casualty through to global reinsurance to specialty risks in the Lloyds of London market, life and annuity business, it's agnostic of that. Mm. So Accord have been providing for 36,000 insurance organizational members now for 50, 50 plus years, access to those common standards by way of a membership that people subscribe to on an annual basis. Um, so that's every major broker, insurer, reinsurer, software vendor, marketplaces like Lloyds of London. Um, the industry associations around London are part of our part of our Accord membership. That's in a nutshell Accord's DNA. Um, yeah, that was incredibly concise and impressive. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I've done it a few times now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for giving us an intro, and I guess I'd love during this episode to dive into you know everything that's happened in the past, everything that you're doing now, things you're looking forward to in the future. But but as a starting point, I mean, wow, like fifty-two years and and you know, thirty-something thousand different organizations involved like that. how did you get to that as an organization where, where did it come from originally that's a really good that's a good question so it the accords dna stems out of the north american property and casualty marketplace um where the way in which business was traded before accord existed was very much everyone had their own um, different data formats that they were sharing data with. Lots of manual orchestration between mm-hmm. brokers or agents in that marketplace to carriers to reinsurers. So through Accord's DNA, they introduced what's known as uh, a standard, which was rendered on a PDF document that's still in existence today called Accord Form. Mm -hmm. So that could be everything from a proposal form through to issuance of a certificate of insurance. It's rendered on a PDF document where the data elements that are captured on that PDF document um, are licensable to the Accord members via Accord, um, but they are standardized in the way in which it's exchanged. Therefore, they're they're not mandating, but they're, they're making sure that people are entering that data in a consistent fashion every single time it's not like the global reinsurance specialty market where accord standards are digitally enabled to enable people to share data via api but in the pnc market where this accord originated from this exchange on these accord forms that still exist to this day 800 live different accord form templates that are that are exchanged across that marketplace is regulated in the north american pnc to follow the accord standards yeah yeah Yeah, you'll see you'll see accord really transcend the entirety of the sort of insurance universe whether it's up to reinsurance where we play or down into sort of an eight local agency filling out accord forms by hand when i first started in the industry um that exposure to accord happened very early on when you have the accord forms that when you you know sometimes some of the so uh, insurance systems for any of our insurance listeners, you you hit sort of prepare the documents and it prints out, it takes the data you've entered in, Absolutely. it drops it into all the PDF and it prints that thing out, which you then, certificate of insurance, gets emailed to your, your client and it's on that sort of core form. 
And it's kind of because they've been around for so long, these accord forms, it seemed to be almost the, you know, it's that reassuring stamp of approval. Yeah, I'm definitely on cover. I've got my accord form, certificate of insurance. Yes, I'm on cover for my liability risk or whatever that auto homeowners, whatever it might be that you're, that you're on cover for. So, yes, absolutely. And that's, that's so I said, very much in existence today, uh, those accord forms and the way in which that PNC business is uh, exchanged. Yeah. Very exciting. And I think one word that's really key to bring out, I mean, in any conversation about Accord, but especially for listeners who are less familiar, is that word standards, I guess. What, what, what is the alternative to standards? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so the, I like it. I'll try and dumb this down. So what an Accord standard is, in the simplest of terms, is the same way we're enjoying this conversation in the English language. It's the same. The Accord standards is the same for an insurance transaction. It enables everyone to know what they need to send in the way in which they're going to send it. They know that the receiver knows what they're going to receive in the standard they're going to receive it in. In the same way that I'm speaking to you in English, I know that you're going to respond back to me in English, not Spanish. And if you were going to speak to me in Spanish, I'd have to do a translation layer my end mm. to comprehend what that Spanish message was translated to English. I say English back to you. That just creates a lot of friction and time cost uh, associated with in that insurance transaction. By everyone speaking that common language in this example of English, um, it enables that sort of three-way data exchange um, in a more seamless, straight-through fashion. Reducing the time it takes to get quotations, improving the, the efficiency around payments, improving the customer experience around claims, which ultimately is what we're here to serve as an insurance uh, insurance marketplace, you know, helping customers with uh, when it all goes wrong. Yeah. When you started, going back to Ben's sort of first question, when you started with the beginning of that journey, what were the core issues that were trying to be solved? Obviously, there's yeah. this, this additional cost and friction involved with that sort of misalignment of, of language or, yep. or standards. When you sort of sought out to sort of tackle that, obviously, our industry is so large and so nuanced and so specialized. What, what were sort of the initial use cases that you were sort of leaning into? You talked about sort of core PNC stuff, but yeah. were there specific areas that you felt this is breaking here? We need to solve this better. So the North American marketplace is very different to the rest of the world in so much as, yes, it's one country mass, but that is actually it's 50 countries all wrapped up into one. They, each state has their own regulatory requirements and it's very much, and that's where a core take away some of that pain associated with transacting business. So if you're transacting business in New York, it has different regulations to transacting business in California, as an example. So what Accord um, did, not only are they, as you said, you know, improving the operational efficiency of everyone having a common language, but they're trying to abstract the complexities associated with the regulatory requirements around each individual state in the PNC market. So that was one of the key founding pain points that uh, Accord or the originalities of Accord in the PNC market in the US um, was there to there to resolve. And with your your fabulous languages analogy, dare I say, I was going to say, we, we had thought about doing an analogy battle during this episode. I, I feel like you've already given a really good one, which is exciting. <laughs> um, do you want to see how that compares to our analogies. I don't know if you had a, another one in store as well. Oh, crumbs. No, you got me on the spot, man. The, uh, keep, you guys keep going. Then let's see how I handle it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so, Jared, our task is to compete with Mark's linguistic analogy. Do you so, want to go first? So or just, just to frame what Accord is and yeah. means to the industry. So we always do analogy battles. Not always, but most episodes we like to put in different games. Analogy battle, one of our favorites. Um, I thought a bit about my Accord analogy. Do you have yours? No, go on, you go first. Okay. Because otherwise you'll play it down and be like, oh, that's so much better than that. <laughs> I, I just thought of my now, like, whilst I was listening, and it's terrible. But, half, and half the strategy is is playing to playing to Cordy's emotions because Cordy votes. Is, <laughs> how do I get Cordy's, Cordy's vote for my win? Um, so the analogy battle that I, 
or the analogy that I came up with the cord was dum dum time. No, um, but what I mean by that is time standards. So most people don't realize that we actually agreed how time worked like in the late 1800s. And it was only in the advent of the train line that you actually had to agree on what time was. Because at the, at the time, um, in the era, every town set local time with the sun at the high point as noon and sort of worked their own time there. But there was no need to agree the time in London versus the time in Glasgow or anywhere else in the world. Only at the introduction of trains did it actually matter that we agreed what time trains were coming and going and that began to happen. And time time as a standard began to be introduced by cities that had trains going through them. So I sort of think of Accord in the same way of when everything is localized and everything is small, when everything is intrastate and it's, it's all this little version of it, no one really cares, right? It's when you're trying to trade across state mm-hmm. boundaries, across geographies, across um, languages and jurisdictions, then you need to go, okay, well, this is now harder. Yeah. When it's just our local town, like no one cares what I think noon is is what you think mm-hmm. noon is. It doesn't matter. But when you start growing, then you begin to have this, this constraint there. And, and that's kind of how I thought about um, where Accord sits in our, in our universe and how it exists going forward. Another beautiful analogy. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's really elegant because a lot of the insurance members of Accord, you know, these are glo- some of these are global brokers, like the likes of Aon, mm-hmm. for example, hundreds of offices across the globe. So they have to look at this as you know a proper global uh, industry set of standards. So yes, absolutely, we originated out of PNC for North America, but then through donation, which is a key part of Accord, people donate standards to Accord. So the standards are forever evolving, forever modernizing from technology at the time through we had to support the technology but still people are on you know, some people are still carving accord standards into granite and stone that's fine we'll <laughs> still support those guys as well as the most modern api enabled mm. users but then through kind of moving into reinsurance and particularly into the specialty classes that really took us into a global sphere um, of standards focus so we have to support our members in australia right the way through to you know specialty markets like lloyd's of london through to our, our u.s carriers and the mama pop shops you know in, in the kind yeah. of more yeah, different states all right, Ben, you're up. I know. I feel like I'm at a disadvantage with <laughs> the guest giving a giant stamp of approval on your analogy. Yeah, it was great. It was a good one. Yeah, yeah. Can, can you at least mark him down, Cordy, for implying that London and Glasgow were in the different time zones? He's impartial. <laughs> time zones now. Uh, this is true. This is true. Okay, well, fine. Let's, let's see if I can sort of compete with a, a very visual analogy, um, which is actually related to quite soon I'll be getting married and we've recently started some dance lessons to try and make sure that we do a first dance that's mm-hmm. reasonably entertaining so that should be quite funny um, and I, I see a chord as kind of the dance teacher and not a dance teacher for like we we're doing you know just the two of us but but for like a whole dance class because mm-hmm. if you didn't have a dance teacher it's like a children's you know, disco. <laughs> you got like you know, Munich Re in one corner doing the cha cha cha, and yeah. uh, Swiss Re doing the tango. Yeah. I would else. love to see this. This would be absolutely <laughs> a- brilliant. Yeah, Aon just like flossing by itself <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you got all these things going on, and it was like, this guys, you got to dance together. That's the only way this is going to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the dance teachers there, to, you know, clap along, and I uh, say like, one, two, three, <laughs> left, right, left. Come on. My, uh, GC or whatever you know <laughs> yeah, Accord is really that dance teacher role I think for the industry to, to set out the standard to say that this is what we're all going to dance together 
so that it actually looks good when we interact and so you don't all stand on each other's feet and bump into each other when someone's trying to mm -hmm. salsa from one side of the room to the other. I and yeah, I guess that's that's kind of the end of my analogy before I that's good. trail off. I like yeah. the I like the visual of Aeon flossing in the corner. As as usual. <laughs> Jared, Jared does a deeply profound analogy. I, oh, Mark got the win oh, today. Cordy, Cordy gave the crown to the language analogy. <laughs> no, that was that was a good one. But I think the the only thing just to kind of quote on that would be, yes, absolutely, dance teacher to kind of guide people to harness the standards in a consistent fashion. Um, but where there is the enablement of standards, there's one thing about having a common language. There's another thing about how we actually exchange that common language with one another. Mm -hmm. So historically, Accord very much left that in the kind of the domain of each individual member to, to work out their own story. So they'd all be using different systems, have their own different messaging capability where there is they're leveraging in a digital standard enablement. So for our global reinsurance and large commercial standards, GRLC, as they're, actually, they're called locally, um, those standards are digitally enabled. So they enable people to share data without any accord forms, as we mentioned in the US PNC market. It's all done via electronic messaging. Um, as I said, historically, people were left on their own accord, that's mm. my pun for the day, um, <laughs> to sort out their own proprietary kind of capability to integrate. Um, what accord now do is that to drive greater standard adoption, particularly in marketplaces where their penetration is lower, uh, and that's because they're less mature marketplaces or they just haven't got embraced standards in the same way that your continental Europe, North America and London, for example, have done so, is we offer a technology arm of Accord called Accord Solutions Group that we created about 10 years ago uh, to help to drive connectivity of participants on an industry and capability, so an API enablement. But it's interoperable. So if you're using a legacy system that can only submit messages in different kind of more legacy formats, it's no problem at all. We'll connect you to it based on your existing capability. And we brought together, as part of Accord, we have over 200 vendors in our, in our community. We brought together the core insurance policy administration and integration partner vendors in a community called our Licensed Integrator Partners, LIP for short, for which Supersede are, are part of that community. Thanks for your support. Um, so as part of that is we are educating and enabling those vendors to offer digital standards um, as a service effectively. So they, they have a module now as part of their policy administration system for brokers, insurers, reinsurers, core platforms like yours to offer people to send and receive a cord structure messages electronically rather than historically they'd have to work out their own capability themselves that's expensive they'd have to speak to their vendor the vendor would have a change contrast process to go through etc it's again creating a barrier to adoption so we're now re reducing that barrier by having an industry owned capability yeah I, I and i'll i'll continue on from the dance teacher analogy i also <laughs> think accord does a really good job of having sort of support available as you're going into that journey as you mm. as a firm looks to say we want to do more with this as we want to leverage this to trade with our partners more effectively it's it's very much the resources they have available through partners and and colleagues of yours to help them on that journey allows it to be like oh we're, this is what we're trying to accomplish we're, we're trying to have this great first dance whatever this is mm. like help and they're like oh yeah so here's all the people here's how this all works here's how we can you know it's very um very highly engaged there which is i think was was essential for getting us to 
the, to the end result that we're all looking for. Uh, I'm, it's really good to hear because at the core of Accord, we are also an educations company. You know, the R&D in the Accord letters is research and development. Um, so we're forever kind of leveraging our industry thought leadership and also helping members come on to this journey. You know, we've mm -hmm. just started an initiative with a, a group of our members called Rushlocon, um, who specialize in reinsurance and large commercial risks. There's about, um, well, they've been established now for over 10 years. Um, all of the major uh, brokers, insurers, reinsurers that support the reinsurance and large commercial marketplace. They're writing about 7 million transactions per year through uh, the Accord GRLC standards in a non-bureau capacity. Uh, the London Market Bureau is adopting those same standards as part of a, the Blueprint 2 organization, which is very exciting. One global standard, back to the message earlier. Mm -hmm. um, but where we've, in partnership with Rushlocon, we've looked at one of their implementation groups that historically had a very low penetration of adoption, and that was in Italy. Um, and in partnership with Rushlocon, we, together with Accord, harnessed the global reinsurance large commercial standards, and together with Accord Solutions Group, the technology arm, adopted our Accord data exchange platform called ADEPT, for short, another acronym for the industry, um, <laughs> to centralize as a country solution how reinsurance and specialty businesses is transacted from an accounting claims perspective. Historically, Italian brokers and cedents would submit an invoice uh, to a to a reinsurance broker or to a reinsurer via email. It was an attachment, PDF attachment that then had to be rekeyed in. But through the implementation of ADEPT, we've enabled those brokers to either connect to the API via their vendor or lock into the portal, or where they don't have any appetite, and this event, sorry, brokers or students, don't have any appetite at all to do either of those options, they can then actually just we can digitize their their uh, originating documents into accord structured messages on behalf of the receiver. So Swiss Free, for example, would receive the messages in the consistent fashion every single time, mm. regardless of the sender's maturity to send that transaction. Sure. So yeah, that's a really good example of kind of driving driving adoption of the standards through the technology in a in a localized market in partnership with our members. No, it's, it sounds really impactful, especially when you look at like the complexity of these types of risks. It's, it's no longer sort of really basic vanilla stuff. We're trying to figure out how do we introduce some element of, of standardization or agreement with business that is never the same. It's always Absolutely. very nuanced. Um, we, we've talked a bit about sort of the pains of sort of no standards at all. And we've talked about the benefits of benefits of accord. Does any, is there anyone else sort of in that standards place that you sort of bump into? Is this, is this sort of a, a Blu-ray HDDVD yeah, sure. sort of, you know, situation of VHS Betamax scenario, I'm trying to navigate the audience age group here. I don't TikTok, Insta, I don't know. Um, but is there, is there a competing sort of area for alternatives to what you guys are trying to do? And how does that, how do you guys see that? So panning out? that great question. So, on honest answer is probably no, but the but there are in other marketplaces. So let's take UK general insurance as an example, where Accord don't really have a play in that, in that market as, as yet. There is an existing standard called Polaris that very much is the industry standard for UK personal line risks, so car, bike, homeowners, you know mm -hmm. that type of that type of risk. Whereby we have their their members of Accord, we have a strong affinity and partnership, and wherever standards are evolving, we always make sure we're kind of joining the two together. So where Accord standards start and stop in the specialty market and where the Polaris standards kind of go up to kind of small commercial-esque level, there's there's always a kind of a foggy region in between that we're always trying to make sure that we're bridging that pain point around. Mm -hmm. um, and where, where applicable, we'll harness the Polaris standards. And of course, where, where applicable, we'll create new standards on behalf of our Accord members. And we're doing that right now, actually, as part of an initiative in, in and around London, uh, but it's not restricted to London. But we're looking at risks like cyber. We're looking at risks like uh, war and terror, those types, where 
in certain levels of that type of risk, they're auto-rateable, but historically they're trading in a very non-auto-rated fashion. So they're effectively, again, exchanged via email. Broker submits a quotation request to bunch of carriers all on the BCC line of an email. Each of those carriers then enter that data into the rating engine, generate the premium, respond back individually in lots of different languages, some French, some English, some Spanish. That then needs to be translated by that originator of that message. Let's say it's a broker for simplicity. Um, and we're offering effectively an auto rate quote bind capability that harnesses the standards, creates new class of business where Call didn't have a standard for them. Um, and it leverages the technology of a Call Solutions Group to drive that API enablement between that originating sender and the rating engines. So, um, yeah, we're trying to drive new standards where there's where there's weak points. But in answer to your question, yes, Polaris would be a good example where we're currently not in that marketplace. They've got a very established standard. We collaborate with those yeah. with those other groups. It's it's super interesting, and I'd, I'd love to come on to the API sort of now and, and next piece in a minute. But how has it been just trying to corral all of these? You know, we, we said thirty something yeah. thousand organizations around the world to try and use the same standard and also there's a, a bit of a behavior change there yeah. sometimes from the email and attachment and, and so on. Like how, how do you, or where do you even start to go and try and get so many different yeah. voices on the same page? Especially, I guess you mentioned, you know, Rush Liconor, you're yeah. trying to bring together titanic organizations yeah. like these huge brokers and reinsurers. Yeah. Yeah, where do you start? It's, it's hard, is a short message. And that's why Accord exists, you know, ultimately is to be that herder of cats, for lack of a better phrase, is to bring everyone together. Um, so, there's one thing bringing people together, that's painful. There's another thing getting people to agree on a common set of standards, that's very painful. Um, but painful in a way of going, everyone is working in different ways, in different geographies, with different unique requirements. Ultimately, let's not forget, people. Are, this is still a competitive marketplace. Uh, these entities are for profit in their in their originations. They have shareholders to, to fulfill. People feel this secret source associated with the way in which they trade business. Therefore, their differentiation is more, you know, is is valid, and they they need to do things in a certain way. So. Accord have a host of standards working groups that our members have come together to help harmonize the way in which certain standards are used across the globe. Mm -hmm. That is hard, but we make sure that we've got representation from the, the largest kind of most influential players associated with those particular markets and those classes of business uh, to help us on that journey. But we also support large and small. We always make sure we've got representation for, from, for, from new entrants into the market. And then there's kind of bringing our members together so Accord, again, how do you have, you can't account manage 36,000 insurance organizations that you just can't do it. You know, with Accord by its nature, it's a not-for-profit. So we obviously make sure that we're running as lean as we physically can. Um, so we bring our uh, members together for industry thought leadership events. We've got one coming up in autumn called the Accord Connect Conference um, that enable a mass education across our members of Accords investments in the standards, Accords investments in the technology group, and where they can, where those members can harness those capabilities. But it, it's not, it's not an easy feat for sure. Um, Rushlocon is a great example whereby Accord, in partnership with Rushlocon, so Rushlocon was instigated by some of the biggest reinsurers and biggest reinsurance brokers. That's expanded out into seven now implementation groups. There's a steering committee over the top of it. Accord help facilitate their global engagement on the Accord standards. So they're helping to drive standard adoption by way of practitioners. Accord is supporting them with the actual standards, but also the technology, as for that uh, Italy example earlier. But um, it's Rushlocon themselves, members themselves, who are actually trying to expand the global adoption of the Accord standards. It's not just Accord in, it, in, its, in itself, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's interesting as well because you, by its very nature, you have this 
this in, this desire for other accord members to want their counterparties to be accord Absolutely. members. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So you get a bit of a benefit from that, Absolutely. right? When especially as Ben mentioned, you have the sort of some of these behemoth firms, you know, Aeons and Swisseries. Um they're, if, if they're saying to their partners, like, you should be supporting this as well because it's going to make us easier to do business and be a partner yep. for you. So you, you probably benefit a bit from that as well. Without without question. Um, you know, so, so, so that, that age-old strategy, the best sales strategy in the world is fear of missing out. Mm. So sometimes whereby you start to say, well, how are, they, how are they doing it today? Well, why can't we do that? You know, well, you, you can. You, but then historically, as I mentioned earlier, that let's use the example of a broker trading to a reinsurer, the reinsurer goes to another broker and says, hey, well, I'm receiving, you know, electronic accounting messages from Aon, for example, why don't you, Mr. Broker, also do that with us? Mm. That broker then goes, right, okay, I want to do this, where do I start? Well, I'm going to need some form of technical capability to do so, I need to speak to my vendor, you need to understand the standards, and there's, there's a barrier to ad adoption. So that's where a cord comes to the table, that's, you, that's what you said, Gerard, help, help them understand the standards and then help them enable them by the technology. And hopefully, their core vendor, their system vendor of that broker mm. is part of that li license integrator partner program and are already connected to uh, to offer electronic standards as a service. So again, just reducing the barriers for those guys to come on board. But it should, for every participant, you know, the age-old conversation was always, is it only valuable for the receiver? You know, are they get receiving transactions quicker? What's the, what's the benefit for the originating sender, the broker, the seedant, whoever that might be, the originator? beneficial for everyone involved because fundamentally from the originator who might be representing the end insured whoever wherever they sit in the value chain they're ultimately they're answering their customers questions quicker they're getting claims paid faster they're getting invoices settled faster they're getting quotations quicker the whole transaction is beneficial for everyone in the, in the value chain to be having one common industry standard and i think implicit in the fact that you've been collectively doing this for 50 years is that accord is also quite a big sponsor of the innovation that's enabled Absolutely. that to improve as well i mean i know superseed were a beneficiary of the accord in short tech innovation challenge mm. uh, about three years ago now 20 we, that we won the, i remember it i, I, the I facilitated the london yeah. round yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah which was very exciting but yeah. uh, it was a great pitch and it was a showcase pitch it, yeah. it stood out as like that you would hands down the the winners there i'm not paid to say that <laughs> everyone's listening is pleased to say but you were you were a standout pitch for sure thank you, thank you. yeah it was the early part of the journey which is always fun but I, as ben said it's accord is always sort of as you said research and development being sort of the r d and accord is pushing where does the industry not only what can we be doing better now but like how do we facilitate more of this how do we Absolutely. how do we accelerate the the growth in the efficiency by which this industry trades, full stop. Um, you're talking, going back to the sort of the bigger firms that you have, about what percentage of, how do you think about market size? How do you think about the percentage of business that flows through Accord standards? Yeah. Obviously, it's probably quite complex because you have the PNC market, which is enormous yeah, and yeah. nuanced. You have reinsurance, which is a different beast, more con consolidated. How do you think about market share and, and what, what your growth ambitions might be for the next? Yeah, few sure. Years? So for the for the U.S. property and casualty market, it's virtually we are the we are the we're the mandated choice. Effectively, you have no choice as part of the U.S. regulation. Then, if you look into kind of global reinsurance, large commercial, again via that Rushlocon community, it represents the biggest brokers, it represents the biggest reinsurers and the seedants in that marketplace. So again, we're the dominant force within that. I wouldn't have the statistics 
the top of my head, but but we are the kind of the the, the standard effectively, which is fantastic, you know, because that's what the market needs to 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 go for. And if you then took where markets where we're moving into to support on this, such as the Lloyd's of London market, it's a great example. Historically, wasn't a fully fledged accord because it's a specialty market and reinsurance market it wasn't fully fledging leveraging the accord GRLC standards for that marketplace. It's part of the blueprint to modernisation. They will be for placements into the Lloyd's of London through the core data record that's following an, uh, an accord placing message format. Um, that's called the uh, the GPM accord placement message. Again, it's leveraging that as the CDR going into the market and then for accounting claims transactions out of the bureau the new bureau services being delivered by uh, by uh, Lloyd's of London and the, and the partners around it um again focusing on our leveraging sorry the accord grlc standards for accounting and claims so ebot and ecot which are the same standards used by that richlocon community yeah. in the non-bureau marketplaces so again helping to provide those pet those uh, cost efficiency savings as one global standard because these organizations have syndicates they have brokers who represent lawyers of london market as well as non-bureau so again due to the size of these organizations that you know having one global standard makes everyone's lives easier there's not a there's not a mapping activity associated with the trading business in london there shouldn't be such a differentiation it should all be one consistent global standard which is what yeah what's go- what's going on around london at the minute yeah so lots lots of modernization effort there that's certainly something we can relate to. I think yeah, when we were first figuring out, you know, how on earth a reinsurance placing platform mm. would work, we were like, well, it can't have Londonisms because by its nature, reinsurance is global. You, yep. know, you don't want mm. to do half your panel in one way because they're in London and the other half of the panel in four other different ways because they're in X geographies. And, yeah. and Historically, y. that's how the vendor market was set up. They yeah. were London market specialist vendors, and then there were rest of world, yep. you know, specialist mm-hmm. vendors. But the, we're definitely seeing a blurring of lines now, which is fantastic. Or non-bureau guys moving into bureau, or vice versa. And we hope we like to think that the standards are helping to drive that. And you know, having one consistent way to exchange data, and you know, again, it's just driving people to act more globalized rather than localized. Definitely. Definitely. I think one thing we're really excited about actually is as sort of the Accord Adept uh, project matures from, I guess you've done accounting and settlements like thriving at this point, and we're now getting to the placement yeah, side of Yeah, kind of going is... backwards, right? But as <laughs> always, again, this is a for-profit industry, yeah. so you know they're following the money, which mm. is always focused on accounting first. Yeah. Um, but yes, no, I think what we're doing with SuperZ, I think is fantastic. So ultimately, we're trying to drive more uh, exchange of treaty placement information as part of the first phase of what we're doing with you guys um traffic to supersede and equally enabling it more far more consumable fashion for your carriers on the receiving end of your supersede platform uh, to be able to consume that data in a consistent fashion so yeah again we're just trying to drive more automated treaty placements by a wonderful platform such as yours um harnessing an, an industry-owned standard and a, an industry-owned capability to exchange that data so yeah absolutely i think yeah very exciting project we're doing with you yeah, likewise. I think I think the, the we found this a lot in our journey as well. The concept of APIs is still gradually creeping into the industry, and and people aren't really sure where to start. You know, a lot of a lot of these big firms keep innovation budgets, but they don't want to put it all into something that's, as we said, just going to work in London or just going to work for one line of business. So the, when Accord starts to bring APIs to the fore, it's like, oh, hang on, this is actually worth investing in because it's going to be a global API. Yep. everyone's going to be able to use it. And that's that's why we as, as SuperSeed are also very excited because we know that if you've got brokers using SuperSeed, those placements will be shared in a way that 
looks the same as placements shared Absolutely. via you know AB Connect or GC Marketplace and the other way in as well if you're receiving deals as an underwriter yep. on Superseded they'll all they'll look the same they'll all come in in that beautiful standardized fashion so mm -hmm. it's a a very exciting partnership, I think, that we can look forward to there. Absolutely yeah. agree. And I think it's, it's, it's part of what we're doing together. Again, it's just market awareness and understanding because it is a new technology. It is a new approach. This is a very mature, you know, ultimately by its very nature, a risk-averse marketplace. We are insurance organizations at our core, right? We're always forever looking at risk and managing risk. So therefore, when it comes to new technologies, we've all seen the kind of, you know, blockchain uh, come in, come go. Some people won, some people lost. Um, so if wherever there's kind of new technology coming into the marketplaces, ultimately, it's always very good to help really educate from a business perspective, you know, what is the business value this drives to you, Mr. Broker, Mr. Seed, Mr. Reinsurer? Um, what does this mean for you? So that's where, again, where the community factor comes in. So hypothetically, an Aon can therefore exchange the kind of experience with another broker to go, look, this is what it means for me. This is how what it's going to mean for you, etc. Yeah, it's a it's an it's an interesting time for sure as we kind of move into this next technology chapter. Um, people shouldn't be scared of new technology; they should be willing to embrace it. But equally, we need to be interoperable with different people at different levels of maturity of integration. So some people are ready; they've got wonderful systems; they can they can leveraging an API integration is an easy thing for them. Some people are on self built systems that just can't integrate to an API. So you need to facilitate the connectivity to those existing estates where applicable so to drive everyone's kind of connectivity onto the services yeah so we, we call ourselves interoperable by that at that platform connect anyone to anyone no matter their integration maturity i thought that was a a, a master stroke of you know strategy in some ways to be able to tackle legacy in that way mm. actually the ability to say right we're going to build something that is not just a castle in the sky that people will get to eventually but actually yeah. something that is a castle in the sky with a, a really nice drawbridge to <laughs> more people who are still using. You know. <laughs> exactly. Some of them might be more swing bridges, absolutely, yeah. to more legacy estates. But nonetheless, you need to, um, you just need to provide that. Otherwise, you're just creating, you instantly creating a barrier to adoption, which ultimately we're worrying by the industry. We have to, back to my reference earlier, mm. some people are still carving stone, you know, carving into granite accord standards, so their, their use of it. So we need to facilitate everyone in their, in their journeys. Yeah. Indeed. I know we're coming up on, on time pretty mm. soon. I did want to, Disambiguate is that a word? When it's one, a word one thing that should that, be though, right? I like <laughs> it. Though, if it's not one thing that could have been unclear, if this is your first reinsurance podcast episode, you might be really confused because we've talked a lot about Accord today, and there's also been somebody that we keep referring to called Accordee. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so Accordee is our podcast producer and has nothing to do with Accord, the organisation <laughs> on which today's episode has been focused. So just wanted to disambiguate. Yeah, disambiguify. Uh, we can work on that. Standardise that word. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time, Mark. It's been a great conversation. We've enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, thank it's you. Been a yeah. pleasure, guys. Thank you. Thank you.